back to Messy Minds, where we come to unpack and declutter our thoughts. You're joined by your co-host, Mary Nguyen and Jessie Chow. On today's show, we're going to be uncovering what it means to be blowfished and whether the term quiet quitting means to embrace the idea of doing the bare minimum at work. But before we get to that, have you got anything interesting to share, Jessie? How's your diet been? <laughs> well, it hasn't. We're, we're, this is only three days after we recorded our last ep, but I do have to say, I do feel like quite a new person <laughs> um, three days in. Um, the diet has been pretty good. Um, I'm not like starving myself or anything, so, but I do feel like because I'm eating cleaner, I'm not as I'm waking up and feeling like not as bloated and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is sad sometimes when I'm like, you know, it's that thing where it's like when you can't have something, you want it even more. Mm. It's like how like I always say to you, like I could see, let's say a T-shirt or a shirt or something and I'll be like, oh, that's OK. But if I find out that it's sold out, it suddenly I just like I really want it. Yeah, it's yeah, like I get you. <laughs> so like, so the same concept is happening now with food in the sense where, or generally on a normal daily basis anyway. Like even if we're if I'm out or working, like not from home, I try mm. to be good, eat food from home and stuff to like really be conscious of my spending. But suddenly, because I can't actually do it now because I'm like counting my calories and I'm like on a strict like quote unquote diet, mm. I'm like walking past every restaurant going oh that looks great. Oh, oh my gosh. I wish I could have some of that now, but I, I didn't have this before. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a battle, but it's okay. It's, it can only go up from here, guys. It's right? fine. It's fine. <laughs> Hot girl summer. Jessie's coming for you. That's what you got to think about. Just think about the end goal. Where are you going to be at? Yeah. In yep. six months time. You I know? should just so. like, you know what I should do? I should just take like some like really hot Instagrammer's body and then like cut it off and then like stick my head, like my face on it. And then just like <laughs> put it as a poster. And then every day I wake up, I just look at it. I'm like, that's what you're working towards, Jesse. <laughs> exactly. Good on you though. You're doing well so far. Three days. And <laughs> Three not days. a single, and, and not counting. a single temptation. <laughs> so. oh, speaking of temptation, one of our colleagues... Um, I was like in the middle of doing something. I was just in the zone and she had brought like some, some tarts from uncle Tetsu's and she came in and she was like, Hey Jesse, would you like a tart? And you know, I was just like, just so like focused on what I was doing. I completely forgot about my damn diet and I reached, I full reached for this tart. And I was like, yes, it looks freaking amazing. And I was literally like (laughs) one centimeter off. I'm touching it. And then I'm like, Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> She's like, what? What do you mean? Just eat it. And I'm like, I'm on a diet. I can't. She's like, Jesse, it's just a tart. You're not going to die. I'm like, no, I, I can't. Will. Please leave. <laughs> leave now. I need you to go. Please. I can't hold on for much longer. But yeah. Oh my God. I was literally sent to me from touching it. And I just like shocked myself. I was like, oh, what am I doing? This is a felony. <laughs> Wow, you you turned yourself away from it. So that's, I really did. I really just like a, slapped myself woman. in the hand. I know. <laughs> I really am. What well, about you, Mez? What have you been up to? Since we last recorded. So let me just put it on the record, okay? I have never watched The Block. <laughs> what, really? I have Not even like, like the previous I haven't seasons? sat down to like watch a whole season. So mm. I've watched like random episodes, episodes here and there yeah. because it's on TV. And you know, when it's like during that time where you're either having dinner or, or like you just, you put the TV on to like. And that's just of, like the best thing yeah, to like, watch. To sort of kill time a bit, like mm. background noise, right? But this, I don't know, for whatever reason, 
my partner decided to put on the TV on this Sunday, well, last Sunday, and the first episode of this season's The Block was airing on TV, and he told me that one of his friend's friends is on the show this season. And so we sat down and watched the show. And I just have to say, I'm here for the Renos. I'm here. You know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer yeah. of actually, I think I would be so good on this show. I, honestly, well, firstly, I'd like to say I'm in actual shock, literal shock that you like haven't really watched the block because I yeah. would feel like that would be like, I feel like that's like probably the only show that I would be like, oh, if, if there's anything on TV, like just that's regular real, reality, yeah, show. reality show or just anything on Australian TV, honestly, that's yeah. like, that would be something that you would watch. The first thing I would say off the bat is the block because yeah. we love our houses. We, you love Renault's, your man's in construction. Like it just, it just feels right. You know, <laughs> it just feels right. So and honestly, it's generally super interesting. But I also, I'm like the same. I don't really follow it. But my mom does. Mm. Mom's obsessed with the blog. Yeah. Well, so basically we started watching it and the drama. The drama. I know. The tea is so real. Um, they, it's definitely yeah. scripted though to an extent, I, I feel. Do you think so? I don't know. I, I just, know. They have I, a little I, bit I of probably... Chris Jenner PR in there, definitely. <laughs> just just very lightly dusted on top. Not so at the, the same two, level though. I mean, like, I don't know if you heard, but there was two people that left the show, like literally two days after. 48 hours Oh, really? After. Wait, uh, like this season? Yeah. Shit, that's dramatic. So they did a like the one, first challenge the first and then literally left two days after. Shit. And... I'm buying it all up. I'm buying up the drama. You're sipping it up. fucking <laughs> lapping it up, aren't you? I know. I've, they really, I think the producers this season have really gotten me into this. Like, you have really managed to reel me in this season. And I'm going to say I'm really enjoying it. I think it's going to be really interesting. But also, I'm, I don't know if I've actually said it on this podcast, but I have always dreamt of living in the countryside. And this season's block is actually in the middle of the countryside in Victoria. And I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm, I'm convinced I'm going to go and buy 10 hectares, hectares out somewhere out there in country Victoria and become a farmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to be a daytime farmer and a nighttime podcaster. Yeah, that's going to be your so. identity. Yeah. She's working towards <laughs> it. That's the, that's the greater goal, guys. That's a greater goal here. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, for those of you who don't watch The Block, I think you should definitely watch it this is this season because it's a little bit different from what I've seen like from randomly the from the yeah. previous seasons because mm. they're they're usually city homes and post pandemic life. Like I think we just we need to sort of get in touch with our nature. Yeah. <laughs> It's and exciting. also, Scotty Cam's dog is so cute. <laughs> True, yes. Anything with a dog, I'll watch it. Yeah, that's right. Um, but other than that, I haven't really been into much. Just, you know, trying to get back into the swing of things. So, you know, getting all the research done, doing my research on TikTok. You know, I'm never on TikTok, but I really... I really got on there it's this week. It's really just for like <laughs> business purposes, right? You know, it's for research. It's we're not not for leisure. It's for no, work. It's, it's for literally work. for research. So, speaking of which, there is a trending topic that has come up on TikTok, and not to be confused with catfishing, but blowfishing, quote unquote, is a little more subtle. 
where Catfish misrepresents their looks, utilizing an entirely different identity to lure people in, Blowfishing is the much more common practice of inflating or blowing up one's lifestyle to appear grander than it actually is. So this term was coined by someone named Chris Che Axe. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm probably butchering their us, name at this point. <laughs> the phenomenon is garnered, um, has garnered some internet conversation as of late, um, but it is basically a form of manipulation. Basically, I just wanted to get on here and let's just unpack what blowfishing is. And I wanted to know whether or not you have ever blowfished or experienced blowfishing. Mm. Well, um, I guess like depending on like the situation, right? Because like blowfishing is all about, it can depend in all kind of different relationship, whether it's, you know, in a dating sense, uh, a friendship sense, or yeah. like a... Um, a work sense as well. I think that's probably the three main ones. Or maybe even yeah. a family sense, you know? Yeah. Um, but Actually, I think you can. I think Asians are quite big. Yeah, I was like, literally, you know, you're so right. Like, <laughs> the whole, this whole, like, idea. Uncle of, and auntie out there blowfishing their children. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> honestly a fight. And, like, you know, I bought the latest... You know, LV handbag. Like, have you seen my LV handbag? It's like, well, yeah. I've also got the latest LV handbag. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> just trying to like outdo each other, but you know, mm. but I, you know, you're so right. I do think that it's actually quite a big part of Asian culture. Now that you mm. think of it, it's probably one of the biggest reasons why any kind of Asian family gathering is such an energy vampire. <laughs> It's because everyone is out here trying to blowfish each other. It's like, <laughs> guys, why are we trying to pretend to live a life that we that we don't have? Do yeah. you think it's manifestation that this is their version of manis- <laughs> their their version of manifestation? I don't know, but it would be interesting to see. But I, I now that we're really openly talking about it, I do see blowfishing happening quite a lot at family gatherings. Like, it's just. My uncle, who is always talking about how fantastic his children are and how, you know, they got scholarships to go to this school and they have all these networks with all these important people and, you know, they got themselves this enter score. And an enter score, by the way, is the, the number at the end of your 12 year or 13 years of schooling that basically gives you fast tracked into a university degree. Mm. So the higher that you get, the more chances of um getting into any university that you'd like so like the just the uncles and aunties are out there you know comparing each other's children and just trying to open up this magical lifestyle or and and compare assets and whatnot abilities and whatever it's just very tiring (laughs) it is it's it's a drain Mm. on honestly do you think you've encountered any like friends like like or people I guess they wouldn't be your friends anymore but or people that you had kind of a friendship with or an acquaintance that was like blowfishing I okay I'll be honest with you I feel like there's been a time during my uni years where I've encountered a couple of people who 
we're part of some sort of pyramid scheme and a py- wow that's whoa this is escalated <laughs> to like whoa, whoa, whoa. No, but we went from blowfishing to a pyramid no, no, scheme no. like but you gotta think about it right so people who are in a pyramid scheme they try and get you in on it because they sell you this lifestyle oh, that's true. yeah that they have they're like oh i drive a mercedes mm. and i did it because i was mm. i was able to sell this and do that and blah blah, blah. but really i'm my own you know boss yeah and, you know they they yeah. try and sell you this lifestyle that they have but they don't actually have this lifestyle just so that they can get you on board with their pyramid scheme and so i wouldn't say that this person was a friend but it was an acquaintance that tried to get me on board with their pyramid scheme and i was just like you know what it's not for me i'm not about to scam my <laughs> Sorry, family and girl. friends just so i can get rich so thank you mm. but no thank you no thank you <laughs> What about you? Have you experienced blowfishing? Um, I did have a friend who uh, coincidentally was also an e- an EV yeah. for me. Um, now that I think about it, she like I honestly didn't really get along with her because I felt like she was blowfishing all the time mm. or trying to be portray herself to be someone that you know she wasn't. Yeah. Like um, I I remember she would always like, for example, pretend that she didn't try or like study hard mm. but like she still got really high on an exam for yeah. example like it was like effortless like she really tried to emphasize yeah. that it was like effortless for her or like um I guess like in a lifestyle sense she's always like oh you know like money is not a problem for me like my my family will give me money or like oh my boyfriend you know he's like so rich like I just like you know I just tap his card away and it's just great and it's like well I don't know whether like how true to that extent that it is but she really tries to sell me that this lifestyle that she has like that you know her doing well in school was really effortless and that like money and stuff was just not an object for her to think Mm. about and I was just like this is just like I can see like I don't know like I don't know what she was trying to gain from like doing that because like obviously like I'd be happy for you if all those things like you know that you're like the life is so breezy but like I don't know what you're trying to gain Mm. like are you trying to like do you want me to idolize you (laughs) I don't know man like but obviously that friendship didn't really work out so um but yeah I think that's one quite critical example that I can think of in terms of friendship. So that's obviously some personal anecdotal um, examples, but other examples of blowfishing could be like if someone was working in tech, like if they said, oh, I work in tech. So you would automatically assume that they worked in a field where they created apps and they created all these amazing technology pieces, right? But they're actually just in the call center. Yeah. Yeah. That's a form of blowfishing. It's like, I guess like, I guess it would be like for us, it's like me going around telling people, oh yeah, I work at a law firm. But they're like, wow, you work at a law firm. You must be a lawyer. It's like, (laughs) well, (laughs) actually. (laughs) But have you had any, like, have you ever blowfished in terms of like a work? Yes, I have. I will openly admit this, but only because on your resume, (laughs) you said you're proficient at Excel, but you don't. (laughs) but you don't actually know any of the formulas. Microsoft Office? Oh, that's my bread and butter, sis. Me? Word? Microsoft Word? Yeah, I'm amazing at formatting. Don't worry. I know. Google's don't half worry, the answers. <laughs> legit. I literally legit. Google my way through life. Mm-hmm. And I thank all the Indians. <laughs> thank you YouTube so much. For taking the time. <laughs> for making the 
<laughs> tutorials. Because they really save a sister all the damn time. I think my title should literally change from, you know, executive assistant to uh, serial Googler. Serial Googler. But yeah, I... Answer That's my um, little secret blowfishing that I will now openly admit publicly on a podcast. But I feel like it's quite normal, right, for everyone to at least, you know, oversell themselves mm. a little, especially like in a job interview aspect to make yourself more yeah. appealing. Like I know heaps of people that do that. And I feel like I have definitely yet insane, <laughs> done something similar where I'm like, oh, I think the biggest one for me is my, my life. Oh, yeah. So obviously I, so I can speak Chinese, Chinese, a Mandarin, Cantonese and English. And this, okay, the most, the biggest one for me was my first ever job, which is where mm. I met you, right? So <laughs> to give you guys a little bit of a story. So how I got this first job was I was part of a uni group in um, that was kind of more centered around like Chinese um, people yeah. coming together, like sharing the, that kind of stuff, right? And somebody had posted on our group page, like, oh, hey, guys, I have a friend who works in retail and they're looking for just a casual assistant, but the requirement is that they can speak Mandarin. And so I have studied Mandarin for like 12 Mm. years of my life, like every other Asian, right? I was forced to go to language school, but I never liked it and I never really did really well at it. So I literally had the literacy of like probably like a three-year-old. It was terrible, right? And it was like, must, must be able to speak Mandarin. The criteria was even like, you will be tested in the interview. (laughs) I decided to go for it and I ended up getting the interview and I was like literally shitting myself. And I remember the night before I was even practicing. Mm like my Chinese to, to make sure that I'd be able to at least try to fake yeah. it a little bit. And, you know, come the day of the interview, I'm like crapping myself. And this is the first ever job interview <laughs> I've ever done. Right. First ever job interview. So I'm already nervous as is. And I walk in and I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm, my name is Jesse and I'm here for my job interview. Um, I'm here to meet with Tom, the manager. And then they're like, okay, no, no worries. I'm going to go to the back and go grab him. And, you know, I'm like, you know, outside trying to look not too fiddly and out comes a Caucasian white man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> so I ended up doing my interview and oh, surprise, surprise, he never asked me any questions in Chinese. And um, I ended up finding out later on that they just used that technique to filter yeah. people out. But he definitely was like, oh, so you're proficient, you know, in Engl- uh, English, uh, Mandarin and Cantonese. I'm like, yep, yep. That's my specialty. <laughs> like, look at me, Chinese all over my face. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hashtag fake fit as well in the back. So, like, you know, that was probably one of my first ever, like, you know, blowfishes. And honestly, it got me really far. <laughs> so shout out to my ex-manager, Tom, for not asking me any questions in Chinese. <laughs> he just purely trusted this Chinese ass yeah. face. That's literally that's, that's the greatest blowfish story and of ever all time. I know, and <laughs> literally, and I ended up landing the job. My first ever job interview landed the job, led me to getting like a like a better mm. retail job in like luxury retail. So hey, there you go, guys. <laughs> blowfish all the way in your job interviews, but not in your friendships and relationships. You know, one of the ones that actually really annoy me is when those people who try and they have those Instagram pages or they do those videos where they're like. Let me tell you how I made fifty thousand dollars this month just from Instagram oh, yeah. ads or by, something. By by working one yeah. hour a day and you know 
traveling the yeah, world. And they're like, <laughs> and I organically grew 5,000 followers a week. A week. And then it's like, they don't actually tell you how they got that far. What they like, did, yeah. I'm like, bro, can you not? This is, it's, it's not that easy, okay? It's not just doing this and therefore you get 5,000 uh, 5, followers in a, a whole week. So that's another example of low fishing that really pisses me off whenever I see it. It's just a scammer. It's just a scammer at this point. <laughs> if you blow fish, In the world scammer, of scammers, I think Anna Delvey was the biggest blowfish of all. <laughs> True. You're so right. She is. And look how far <laughs> that girl got. She was literally like one signature away from freaking establishing the ADF. <laughs> Why are you so? Why do we you look poor? <laughs> why are you so poor, Sess? <laughs> Honestly, such a great probably because we don't blowfish enough. <laughs> Thank you to Anna Dolby. That's true for blowfishing all the way through. What about in a relationship, like dating aspect? Like, do you like do you has your did your like now that you think back, like when you were first seeing your partner, do you think he ever like oversold himself on any qualities that he might had, or even like try to fake like? That he had the same hobbies as you to like attract your interest? Um, not necessarily, but I think because, okay, I don't know why. I think this is just a, a trait that I tend to feel attracted to in men is when they're not necessarily into cars, but when they're into cars and they work on a car, it shows me that they're good mm. with their hands. Like they're very hands-on and they know how to fix a car and then, you know, that like... It's you. <laughs> to service me, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> um, I could tell you about like five things about a car, maybe less than that. I can, I could tell you that there's probably about four wheels plus one more, including the steering wheel, and a spare yeah, one, there's and then a spare one, one and there? then you know there's four doors depending on what kind of car you get. <laughs> like, yeah, I, guess, I, guess I don't know anything about car. cars, but um, when I actually met my current partner, I saw. So on his profile, he had a picture with something like he had like five pictures basically. And then one of the pictures, he had a drift car. So I was like, oh, you drift. Like as if I know anything about drifting, but I had been with guys before who were into that scene. And so I was like, just using whatever knowledge I gained from those previous relationships to basically blow my, blow fish my way in. You're like... Oh yeah, like drifting, like yeah, it's so yeah. Much fun. I know all about it. I've gone to like so many like drifting like shows and shit. Like, yeah, yeah I know everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm friends mm-hmm, with that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know him too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like literally the only way that I used blow fishing in in um my personal relationships. But I'm just trying to think if anyone has blowfished me. There was one time. So this one time, I was was the first time that I ever went clubbing. So I think Kelly will remember this story, the one that she traumatised me for the rest of my life. She took me clubbing for the very first time. We went to CQ in Melbourne and I was probably about 19 at the time and she left me with this guy who tried to pick me up. And I've, I've told you this story before, but he pulled out his keys from his pocket and oh, yeah, he showed me the key fob for his apartment and then he was talking about how he has a gym pass on his key keys and then the kind of car he was driving and, you know, just like from his set of keys. And I'm just like, why are you trying to tell me your life story based on a set of keys? And he was just trying to sell me this but, dream. But like, what, was he lying it though? 
Like lying about it though, you reckon? Or was he just trying to flex? I think he was trying to flex, but I feel like that's a type of blowfish. Like it's like blowfishing to like... But I think blowfishing is like you, you have to lie about it. So it's like him telling you that he drives a Merc, but he really drives like a Toyota. But the thing Camry. is like on his set of keys, he had a gym pass. I'm like, he could have grabbed that gym pass from anybody. Like <laughs> that, that set of yeah. keys could have been anyone else's keys that he was holding on to just because... His That's friend true. may have dropped it or something. So I'm just like, mm. that almost felt a bit like blowfishing to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to an extent, I would I would think, yeah, that I guess you could consider that um, blowfishing. Mm. I've never, like, I you know how you were telling me, uh, us about, like, you know, when you first met your partner and you saw that he was into drift yeah. cars, so you tried to fake it. Like, that was, like, the opposite for me and my partner because we, this was, like, a, I guess, like a, something I had to consider when we first started dating was that I realized that we didn't actually have any like common mm. interests slash hobbies. Mm. Like he, he had, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm somebody who has a lot of hobbies, but he was, he had a shit ton yeah. of hobbies. Like he was like, I'm into this and this and this. And I was like, I'm actually into none of those <laughs> things. I was like, look, I'm open to listening to you talk about it, but like I've just, no, it's foreign foreign area for me. So is that like an opposite to blowfishing? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm always pretty, in terms of dating anyway, I've always been pretty honest about those kind of things. Because you know what it is? I'm too scared of disappointment. <laughs> That's what it, I like. I don't want to disappoint people. And like, I would not be able to lie to them, to, like, for example, and say that you know, I'm interested in all these things and I can't live up to it. Or like, I'm living this really glamorous lifestyle and, but I like can't live up to yeah. it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Because then I would end up, I'd end up like disappointing yeah. them and then I'd just be a scam. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I didn't really technically blowfish my partner. It was more like, I just used that as like a conversation starter, if that makes any sense. So it do you reckon that's blowfishing then? Yeah, I reckon it, to an extent it is. It's there's probably a scale, yeah. you know, of like blowfishing, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to say because I think it comes to a point where it's a really fine line between like trying to get to know someone and then like a little white yeah. lie, yeah. yeah, like a little white lie, and to full on. Well, that's what I mean. But I feel like there's a scale, yeah. you know, like you you pretending to be like, oh yeah, I'm actually kind of you know like sort of interested in like drift yeah. cars. It's like maybe like a one or a two. I actually, it's harmless, like, harmless little I white think, lie. I don't think I ever said that to him. I was just using like I was like, oh yeah, I've been to a couple, but not. I didn't ever say outright, yeah. oh I'm actually into it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've dated okay. guys. Okay. before who were into it i've never held the interest so you're like kind of kn- knowledgeable yeah, about i know that, that but i don't kind of actually want to do it just generally yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. why i'm like so is I that the, like is that the fine line is that the white lie or is that a blowfishing like situation like i'm not manipulating him i never I said but that's what i'm saying like i would i would like say that it's about a one to an <laughs> 0.5 you know like on the blowfish yeah. scale but if you're protect for example if you're going to be like the tinder tinder swindler yeah. guy or like Anna Delvey, like full, like flexing that's a straight a fake nine point like eight, fake life. <laughs> what do you wait, girl? That's a ten. <laughs> what more can you? What? What? Where did? Where did you? Why did you minus the zero point two for for doubt? <laughs> like, you know, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> for, 
re- for reasonable doubt. Because for some part of that... That you're still kind of a good person. <laughs> some part of that, they did, you know, they convinced themselves so much of the lies that they thought up in their head that they were partially true. So that 0.2 is somewhat true. I think that's too generous. <laughs> Maybe just give them 0.1. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a scale for yeah. that. But anyway, but moving on to a- another kind of popping up trend on TikTok is the term coined quiet quitting. So it's an anecdotal movement which is gaining traction in workplaces as hordes of employees experience burnouts. So whether it be from filling the gaps of the labor shortage or just the pandemic exhaustion or dissatisfaction with their work or from feeling as if they have stalled Mm. in their career with no progression in sight. So it's like a societal shift, you know, that um, that we're seeing, you know, with things like the great resignation slash great reshuffle, mm-hmm. which are all indicators that, you know, employees are really just like they need to have really good standards at work to be happy or they're going to be moving. Mm. So employees are really having to kind of, um, you know, reconsider, reanalyze, like what are they offering mm-hmm. to um their employees to kind of get them to stay because I guess the traditional like work mindset is you know if you're thinking you know back into the days we're thinking like you know people are staying in their jobs for like 30 40 years some people only work one job their whole entire life or stay at the same company for their whole entire Mm -hmm. life but that's just not the case now for um you know gen z's and even millennials you know like it's just not not a thing for us anymore and that to think that work is you know number one it's also something that people don't don't think like that anymore um i guess it's a form of protest right of what the old societal kind of values were so basically just a little bit of history behind it as well quiet quitting is actually known as work to rule it's a form of protest in which employees do exactly what is stated in their contracts and nothing more than that um, in order to slow down production so you're like say for example your parents work in a factory they're contracted to work from certain like say 10 a.m to 6 p.m. and that's all they're going to do. They're not going to stay back and do overtime unpaid or anything like that and everyone does that so that the production that they're creating in this factory slows down because they're not doing that extra overtime Mm. and it's a collective protest so everybody is doing it um, in order to make an impact. Yeah, so Mm. I guess I have opinions about this. (laughs) (laughs) Girl has opinions. I don't like... Um, the term quiet quitting because I think it has a negative connotation behind it but I'd like to hear what you have to say before I elaborate on why I think it's wrong to call it this but I think you know Mm. it's it should be I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's petition to call it something else because I don't I don't like it (laughs) yeah no I definitely agree with you um in that sense where I think that the like the first time I ever heard it I was like quiet quitting Mm. like what is that like what could that possibly mean like I don't really know like I couldn't if like figure it figure it out for example so when it was explained to me I was really confused I was like how did how did they come up with this terminology and phrase because there's so many negative connotations to it I guess like yeah when we found out that it was about quietly quitting quitting quote-unquote doing the extra part 
So that's the that's the the part that you're missing yeah. in this phrase where you're quitting. You're not quitting your job. You're just quitting doing the extra work yeah. that you are normally that you normally do slash expected to do. But I guess like you know the COVID pandemic has really influenced the way you know, the world mm. functions and also the way everybody thinks, right? And this is just one of the one of the things that have really just changed um, the way that the world works yeah. now. That, and it's uh, really, it's not going to go back. It's things like working from home, right? Like this is just something that's like a staple yeah. these days, yeah. I guess, um, with employment when, pe- when people are looking for new jobs. It's kind of like a thing where it's like, well, how, like what's your flexibility like? It, yeah. It's a selling point for, for companies, right? Um, to be have flexible, um, were like in terms of whether you want to work from home and or work in yeah. the office, but like this is this whole idea that you know actually work is not everything. A lot of people end up losing their jobs like during the COVID pandemic, and you know spending or spending their entire time you know stuck mm. in their home, and it just made people realize like wow, like I actually really miss doing all the things like going out to eat and hanging out with my friends that I don't have like that I didn't get to do during COVID and those are the things that are actually really important to me because you know we when you don't have what you normally do you kind of start to miss it and you want it you crave it (laughs) right so (laughs) I know the freaking food but um yeah like that's why people really value a work-life balance Mm. these days like that like this is not something that we you would have heard about even in like the early 2000s like, you know, when you were going to a job interview, people don't go, oh, we really care about work-life balance here. Like, that's something we really yeah. prioritize. But, like, nowadays, like, that's something that if you don't hear that in, in, in an interview, it's a red yeah. flag. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think. Yeah, but then you have. The whole thing mm. is that when you don't give someone something, they're not going to know what it's like. And so the pandemic yeah, forced to, everyone like, to work from home where they could. And therefore, mm-hmm. you've given someone something that they've never known and now you can't go back. And I think that's something that employers yeah. need to understand that, you know, people have realigned, reshifted their values in life. And so you need to, you, to be able to work with that so that you can keep some of the really skilled staff on your team. Otherwise, if you're not willing to do that, you're going to lose a lot of very skilled staff and it's going to take a really long time in order to come back to where you were before the pandemic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's my two cents for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quite normal for us for employers to expect their employees to do mm. more, right? But like but why? Because for example, if you're paying paying a mm. plumber to come fix your toilet, but your sink is also broken, you're not going to expect him to fix the sink just because he's also like he's he's here anyway yeah. like might as well just fix the sink for free like it doesn't mm. it doesn't work like that so why is it that when employees you know you're agreeing to it it's a service really like i'm providing my service to you that is outlined in an employment mm. contract but why is it why should it be expected that an employee you know stays up till 7 or is contactable in yeah. all hours and you know all that kind of stuff but i guess the the term quiet quitting just makes it sound when people say like you know I'm just doing my job it makes people sound lazy it does that's the right? point that I really have a problem with because the thing is part of the reason why I decided to resign from my last job with you Jess was part of mm. the work life balance situation yeah. I had worked mm. in this job for over about three years and I worked throughout the pandemic and I will openly say this I worked my butt off in this job. I 
You literally sold your soul. <laughs> I did. I sold my soul. And what did I gain from it? PTSD and depression. Like, real hard depression. I was going mm-hmm. in and out of therapy. And, you know, there was some really... I'm, I'm not going to say that I didn't have a good time there because I actually learned some of the best knowledge that I did in this job. But it also came with a price, right? And I think I came to a part of my life in my Saturn returns and I realized that there was so much more to life than just working. And I, at the start of the year, I started to realize that I should probably realign my values a little bit more and focus more on my mental health. And so for me, working hard to get ahead in life has never not been the actual idea. Like I always want to work really hard in order to get ahead in life. My goal is literally to to retire at the age of 40 and just enjoy the rest of my life, you know, with my children, with my family, and just live the life that my parents weren't able to live because they were refugees and that they, they gave me the life that I have now because they work so hard, but I don't want to have to go through all that and I want to teach my children hard work, but also to enjoy life, you know? Um, so there's just... This word has given me so much more, I don't know, I, I just, I, when I heard about it, I was just not happy with um, how they defined it as doing the bare minimum. When you, you quiet quit, basically what you're doing at your work is you're doing the bare minimum. You're, just, you're, you're, doing, you're doing the job description. Yeah, you're doing whatever <laughs> you know, it takes like, to you... not get fired, essentially. But I mm. don't think I do that. I actually work really hard during the nine to five that I'm actually contracted to do. And then once yeah. it hits five o'clock, I'm sorry, but everything that needs to be done can wait till tomorrow. Like before the pandemic, when five o'clock hit, I left the office. I didn't stay back. I couldn't even log in at home because the, the computer was mm. at work. So how do you expect me to continue to work through past five o'clock when you know, you're not actually paying me for it. Unless you're paying me for it, then I'm happy yeah. to do it. But telling me telling me that when I, quote unquote, quiet quit is me doing the bare minimum makes me sound lazy, but I'm actually not. That, that's the problem that I have with this mm. word because I don't think yeah. quiet quitting means doing the bare minimum. I think quiet quitting is actually setting healthy boundaries in your lifestyle in order to show up for your own self like show up and look after and prioritize your mental health and that's the part that I'm like I actually do quite quitting but I don't do the bare minimum quote-unquote I actually do a lot and yeah I that's the part that I'm like I am not happy about the negative connotation because there's a lot of videos if you look up the hashtag quite quitting on TikTok people are saying like Oh, doing the bare minimum, doing whatever it takes to not get fired, but actually not going above and beyond. And I think I like to say that I mm. do go up above and beyond and I do care about my job and I actually quite enjoy my job. I just don't do it past five o'clock and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it just really frustrates me though because there could be a colleague that sits next door to you, right? And they're doing the bare minimum and you're taking on all this work and Sometimes they actually get paid more than you and it's like, and they leave at five o'clock and it's like, what the hell? Like, why should I have Mm -hmm. to stay back just because you seem to think that I'm lazy because I'm leaving at five o'clock? Like I do exactly the same Mm -hmm. work as the next person. Like why, 
I don't, I, that's why I'm like, I don't like quiet quitting, the term quiet quitting. I think that's just such a wrong terminology for it. Um, doing, it doesn't give the, what it is justice, you know, it should be a positive thing. It should be a positive thing and we should encourage people to do it. But yet quiet quitting just doesn't sit right. (laughs) I think to clarify, quiet quitting actually means unsubscribing to the hustle culture. The hustle, like we're no Mm. longer in the boss girl era. We're no longer in that you know, work really hard, play harder kind of vibes. Like, you know, we, we're we all mm. about self-care now, you know? <laughs> yeah, self-care, looking after yourself and prioritizing and other things. But also, if you want to be a boss girl, that's I, fine I'm too. I'm not going to judge you if you want to be a boss girl, but I choose to work to live, not to live to work. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are probably listening, listening to this and being like, that's confusing. So basically... I'm working to pay the bills so that I can live my life in a more relaxing way. I'm not living, I'm not waking up every day to just go to work and come home and do nothing with my life. Mm, Make that like your purpose. Yeah. So um, I don't want people to think, you know, quiet quitting is being lazy. I think it's not about being the bare minimum worker, but there are people out there who are using this and taking it in their advantage to then do the bare minimum because they're quite quitting Mm. and I think it's wrong um that's why I'm petitioning to rename it to something else but I have no idea what to rename it to (laughs) yeah I definitely needs to have a new like terminology because I completely agree with you like I me and you just by nature are really hardworking people like we're just not one to slack like even when I was working like a Mm. casual job like I still worked my ass off and went above and beyond but um I guess yeah now I definitely am more conscious of my work-life balance and trying to you know make time for other things in my life apart from work but like you said during like my nine to five hours I hustle I'm still hustling and I still go above and beyond I do everything within my job description and a bit more Mm. um so in a sense, like, yes, I, and I, at the moment I do say no to a lot of things, you know, when I feel like, you know, that is a little bit too out of my job description or you're asking a little bit too yeah. much from me that I, I will say no, but like, I don't, doesn't mean, doesn't go to say that I'm doing quote unquote yeah. bare minimum. Like, I feel like doing bare minimum and doing your job description is still two very It is. Things. And I think that's, let's like, let's get one thing clear here quiet quitting you're still performing your duties but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life the reality is it's like Mm. it's not the um it's not your life and your worth as a person is not defined by what you put into the job so i just think that i i wish i could tell my parents this when they were younger when they you know they were never home for us when we were children and I get I understand why they did what they did but I wish they had taken that time where you know they weren't as sick as they are now and as fragile as they are now in their um elderly age in order to spend more time with us as children because that's something you can't take back you can't take time back whatever you have now is everything that you'll ever have you may or may not have tomorrow. So why are you selling your soul to your job that's not giving you anything back but just a couple of dollars to pay off your electricity bill? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they can literally replace yeah. you at any Correct. given second. So I don't know. I'm partial to say I don't like the term quiet quitting. No, yeah, not subscribing no, to it. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not going to 
sit here and let people say you're being lazy just because I like to set boundaries um, in my life in order to spend more time with my yeah. family and friends. So, you know what? <laughs> Move along, Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Move along, you damn boomer. <laughs> Um, but you know, we, we should all come up with a new, a new name for this quiet quitting Mm. term. So, um, we're going to post a Instagram post on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, On Saturday. So comment down what your idea is on what the new, new phrase should be for quiet quitting. And, um, yeah, let's start a new trend guys, (laughs) a a healthier trend and more accurate. Exactly. More accurate. accurate, More on trend with our... Um, society and being more healthy and setting healthy boundaries for yourself because yeah girl we ain't living to you know work and then die and we don't <laughs> dream of labor here <laughs> we never dream of labor <laughs> and i think that brings us to the end of this week's episode so if you've got any comments or questions for us you disagree you agree with us we would love to hear from you reach out to us on our instagram page at messyminds.podcast If you're enjoying our show, please share it with your friends on your socials and tag us so that we know you're listening. Be sure to come back next week for some more juicy discussions. Until then, this is Mary. And this is Jessie. And don't forget to declutter your messy minds. Bye. Bye. Bye.